0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. In six months from now, workers should be allowed to clock off and switch off according to new right to disconnect laws that passed last week as part of wider industrial relations changes. There's been criticism from business groups and the Coalition that the changes will also spell the end of flexible working, a claim the Green Senator Barbara Pocock rejects. What it's intended to do is to allow a worker who is repetitively and unreasonably contacted to not answer that email, to not spend their weekend. I'm really disturbed to hear Mr Dutton say, you know, he wants to end the weekend. He wants people at their barbecues to be taking those phone calls. That's Senator Barbara Pocock. So how will it change workplaces? Sally McManus is the Secretary of the Australian Council of Trade Unions and she's my guest this morning. Sally, welcome back.
1: Good morning, PK. Great to be here.
0: So flexibility, will this alter flexibility and make bosses more reluctant to allow flexible work?
1: Well, first of all, I wanted to make the point that Australians are some of the most hardest working when you measure that according to how many hours we work. Um, than people all around the world. We work an extra six weeks uh, unpaid a year. And so when uh, Peter Dutton, or for that matter, uh, employers say that we're not flexible, that's um, laughable and actually pretty insulting. This uh, law is a very sensible one. It just simply means that your employer shouldn't unreasonably expect you to work unpaid um, you know, how straightforward is that? If you are being paid to answer emails and to respond after hours, or you're being paid a lot of money, totally fine. But it's not okay for an employer to expect that you're going to be monitoring your emails and responding to them and working 24 seven, or for that matter, um, at all sorts of times on the weekend or after hours.
0: So, if employers do need to contact their workers after hours, which happens really regularly, what will they need to do? What's an acceptable way of doing it?
1: Well, it gives what the law does is it gives the worker a right not to have to monitor their emails. Now, if it's reasonable. Now, it goes to that issue of reasonable. Now, lots of workers have already negotiated this, and so... Uh, they either get paid uh, more money to uh, answer things after hours, they might get paid overtime, they might get paid an on-call allowance, they just might be a, uh, in a high-paid job. So that that would be reasonable. But if you're not being paid at all and you're expected to work for free, that would not be reasonable and you'd have a right to refuse that. Okay, so does that mean... what?
0: I'm just wondering what the practical implications will be? Will it mean that there will be more workplaces now that will have to write into contracts and to agreements, allowances, financial allowances for, you know, doing this kind of communication?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I'd say that 90% of workplaces won't be affected by it because it actually doesn't happen in lots of workplaces or there's already arrangements in place. In places where it's not, you are right, because employees will have a right not to answer, an employer will need to say, well, actually, I need you to be, you know, working uh, after hours. Uh, sometimes we need to talk about this and come to an arrangement around what's reasonable and what could be better than that. It basically puts a ball in the court of the employee to be able to say, well, actually, I have a right not to. If you, if you want me to, let's come to an arrangement that works for both of us. Last week,
0: I spoke with Jackie Lambie, Senator Jackie Lambie, who said not one person in her years uh, as a representative in parliament have came up come up to her and raised this issue. Others have said there was no big lead up; it seemed to have come out of nowhere. Where's the Where's the push for this? Where has this come from?
1: Well, again, I'd say that it's not right across the economy. There's plenty of jobs where this isn't an issue, but um, I would dispute the fact that uh, that these uh, assertions that it hasn't come up before, and I'd use as evidence the fact that workers have negotiated this in many agreements, including in in media, uh, including at universities, including in the public sector, and these are all areas where there's... um, a high interface with electronic communications, uh, smartphones in particular, also in, with uh, teachers as well. So it's particular occupations where it's really creeped into. And those workers, their unions have negotiated uh, the right to disconnect clauses. The Senate also had a whole inquiry into into this matter, just this matter uh, as well. So uh, while some people may not have uh, heard this as being an issue, should be really glad that those workers on the front line, um, which are really being forced to unreasonably work unpaid, have taken this up for everyone and at least put a fair boundary in there.
0: So just returning to the, the concept of the flexibility, of course there are workers who sometimes leave early to go pick up children um, and, and th- that's uh, that's a way that they've negotiated their arrangement and then later they may be in contact with their employer Employers are saying essentially that this will wind back those arrangements. What would happen in those scenarios? How do you envisage the way this would work?
1: Well, it sounds internally contradictory to me, and I read that this morning, uh, one of the employer lobby groups saying, oh, we won't let you leave work early anymore and uh, it'll be less flexible. And sort of implicit in that was, oh, we let you leave work early so that you will uh, make up those hours at another time. And that's exactly the point. Like, if you're going to negotiate uh, flexibility, at least uh, the employee's got a right to say, well, you can't just expect that I'm going to do it. We need to talk about it um, first and come to an arrangement. Um, Anywhere where you've already negotiated that, like you can leave work early to pick up the kids, obviously, you know, you've already reached a reasonable uh, um, arrangement. So I just would say that all of that is typical scaremongering that we see every single time. um, You said it's typical
0: scaremongering, but does this new law mean that bosses will be able to do that and that some workers may lose their flexibility?
1: No, no. Workers also have a right to negotiate uh, flexible work arrangements for family reasons. It does not mean that. I uh, just think that they're trying to, you know, find any possible uh, reason they can to say that they should have it all their own way and they're not getting it their own way anymore and they don't like that.
0: that. Is is that a broader thing that they're not getting it their own way full stop anymore?
1: Well, well, not full stop obviously the employer still the employer but <laughs> but I mean but, but, there has been the two day, big whole-
0: tranches of IR reforms business groups are saying they go further than they ever thought they would has the balance now tipped the other way
1: well I'd say for a decade and uh, wages were completely flat whilst profits have gone up we still have a separation of uh, how much workers get compared to how much uh, business gets in this country there's a long way until we get back to fairness these laws hopefully will help to start turning around and when we get to the day where things are equal again yeah I'll, I'll say you know um, you know let's 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 the union movement disconnect for a little period of time because job done but it's not done
0: yet PK? okay okay fair enough um multi-employer bargaining was the the legislation that last passed we haven't seen really huge wage growth yet have we as a result of that that was one of the promises when are we likely to see it
1: Yeah, well, this was another one where the employers said that the whole world was going to end, the economy was going to um, crash, there'd be high unemployment, there'd be strikes um, from one end of the country to the other, and surprise, surprise, none of that's happened. Those laws, um, there was a delay in them coming in, so when they passed, we had to wait for a period of six months, so it was actually July last year they came in, so it's been over six months that unions have had to use these laws. At the moment, uh, I I think the first big multi-employer agreement is likely to be one with early childhood workers. So um, they are obviously very low paid and they've been negotiating that agreement um, uh, over that period of time. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, obviously, there'll be good pay rises for those workers. But, uh, you know, this whole economy wrecking um, rhetoric, which was always um, uh, untrue, will be once again proven to be so.
0: I just want to ask you about another topic, if I can. Tax is the other big story. There's growing pressure on the government to look at other reforms, including negative gearing. You and the ACTU have previously advocated for a tackling and potentially the abolishment of negative gearing. Do you want to see that happen?
1: Well, we've had a long standing policy on, on that particular issue, on negative gearing, as we have on a whole lot of taxation issues, um, unsurprisingly. Um, in terms of negative gearing, our standing policy there is actually it should be grandfathered um, for those who currently have it and for it to be uh, reformed uh, uh, over time. We also have policies on um, high, on making sure that everyone pays tax. Um, people earning lots of people earning over a million dollars actually pay no tax, like there should be a minimum amount of tax that all Australians pay. And things like making multinationals pay their fair share. But you won't be surprised, PK, that uh, the ACTU has a lot of policies. doesn't mean that governments necessarily adopt them.
0: No, but right now the Greens are pushing for this to be adopted in exchange for their support on another housing measure. Do you think that's wise? Is that something you support?
1: Well, I think that's a matter for the Greens. Uh, I do believe, of course, that... Uh, you know, the union movement does that housing is a huge issue and does need to be tackled. And I'm sure that this will be a focus for the government. Um, you know, it's a big issue of inequality in our country um, for the younger generation that, uh, that rents are so expensive and the housing market inaccessible. And there's many ways to skin that cat. And obviously, one of them is, is also to do with the supply of housing uh, to get moving on that.
0: Thanks for your time this morning.
1: Thank you. That's the Australian Council of Trade Union's
0: Secretary Sally McManus and you're listening to RN Breakfast. Stream
1: any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks all free on the ABC Listen app.